It's Friday, June 1st, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. American manufacturing isn't what it used to be. That's especially true of the paper industry in these increasingly digital times. But one paper company in central Pennsylvania is thriving under a business model that's all about reducing environmental impacts and finding innovative ways to stay viable. It's funny in the white paper business, you know, you can look at a white sheet versus a white sheet versus a white sheet all day. But what differentiates you is is your story and how you do business, and we have a very unique story. In Blair County, American Eagle Paper Mills revived the struggling town of Tyrone when it rebooted a shuttered 100-year-old facility with a plan to feed the growing market for recycled paper products. Fifteen years later, the mill is back in business and doing pretty well, but they didn't get there alone. This mill's success is primarily as a result of the state of Pennsylvania taking action to see a path forward. The story of a mill town on the cutting edge of sustainability on this episode of Pennsylvania Legacies, that's coming up. But first, a quick peek at some upcoming dates on the PEC events calendar. Join us for Happy Hour next week in Philadelphia as we look ahead to the next stage of development for the Spring Garden Street Greenway. Peck is co-hosting a gathering at Roy Pitt's Barrel House on Spring Garden Street, where we will have updates on the project from our trails team and from the city's Office of Transportation and Infrastructure System. That's happening Wednesday, June 6th from 5 to 7.30. Roy Pitt's offering $3 pours during happy hour, but the first round is on us. That is if you RSVP in advance. Find information on how to do so and the link to sign up in the events calendar listing on our website. Also in Philly this month, the big ticket item for this year, PAC's 2018 Philadelphia Environmental Partnership Dinner at the Crystal Tea Room. We will feature keynote remarks from DCNR Secretary Cindy Adams-Dunn, and we will be presenting the Curtin Windsor Award to Robert P. Thomas. Also being recognized this year, the Philadelphia Water Department for its Green City Clean Waters Initiative and a certain NFL championship football team whose name shall not be mentioned here at our studios in Pittsburgh. A few tickets left for the Philadelphia Environmental Partnership Dinner. It's Thursday, June 14th. You can get your tickets on the website at PECPA.org via the events calendar. And in Carlisle, June 20th, watershed organizations from around south-central Pennsylvania will gather in the Stern Grade Room at Dickinson College for the latest in our series of regional watershed workshops. Pex Watersheds program is hosting these events all over the state over the course of this year. It's a follow-up to our statewide conference of watershed groups from 2017 and an opportunity to learn from people involved in other watershed organizations in your area to form networks and access resources. You can check out the agenda for the upcoming event in Carlisle and also view presentations and other materials shared at previous workshops all on the PEC website. We've set up a special resource page where you can access all of this and more. It's at pecpa.org slash H2O workshops, pecpa.org slash H2O workshops, or via the link on the show notes for this episode. The second half of the 20th century was a tough time for a lot of small communities in rural Pennsylvania as manufacturing jobs evaporated and the local economies that once depended on those jobs began to wither. The borough of Tyrone in Blair County managed to hang on to its industrial base all the way up until 2001 when the town's century-old paper mill was finally shuttered. 
But there's a happy ending to this story. Tyrone bounced back just a few years later after a consortium of local investors and community leaders reopened the plant with a new name and a new vision of sustainability, both economic and environmental. American Eagle Paper Mills is now thriving as a manufacturer of recycled paper products. And they've reinvested much of the profits into resource and energy efficiency upgrades, as well as retrofits to reduce the plant's environmental impacts. Well, that track record has earned recognition from industry groups, environmental organizations, and government entities, most recently the 2018 Governor's Award for Environmental Excellence. American Eagle CEO Mike Grimm received the award last month in Harrisburg at the annual dinner hosted jointly by PEC and the State Department of Environmental Protection. He is our guest once again today on Pennsylvania Legacies. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So I want to hear about what American Eagle has been doing to earn this recognition. But first, if we can kind of set the stage, please tell me a little bit about the town of Tyrone, its history and the role that papermaking has played in that in that history. Yeah, Tyrone, uh, you know, located here in in the uh, western central Pennsylvania area, I guess uh, if that makes sense. It's uh, about halfway between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, uh, has been, you know, over the years a a very strong paper area going back into the uh, mid to late 1800s. Uh, there were several paper mills in this area, uh, and there are actually still two operating today, which is kind of unique, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, at least our geography here. Tyrone was primarily uh, founded as a, um, it was an overflow from the El Tuna Railroad Manufacturing Center of the United States. I think everything came out of El Tuna, all the locomotives and it was uh, really uh, fueled pretty heavily back in, in those days. And Tyrone became a, uh, it was a pretty busy trade route and the local uh, yard was extended down here to uh, accommodate the growth uh, of the railroad industry. And, you know, about the same period of time as when the uh, paper mill opened up in, in 1880. So uh, the original uh, facility was uh, part of a a private company. Uh, This mill and a mill located in Roaring Springs started right around the same period of time. And um, uh, this mill ended up being sold to uh, the West Virginia Pulp and Paper Company and was one of their original uh, paper mills uh, back in the day before they became a uh, global powerhouse. Now, did you grow up in the area? Were you around when the mill was shut down in 2001? Yeah, I have a I have a funny story. I mean, I actually did grow up in this town, believe it or not, and, you know, uh, was a product of Penn State engineering. My, my father's family were legacy railroaders. Some of my family uh, did work at the paper mill going all the way back to uh, my great-grandfather after he immigrated to this area, worked in the mill. I uh, had uh, a bunch of relatives uh, that uh, most of the people and generations of families have worked, you know, here at the Tyrone Mill. You know, I uh, ended up not, uh, I started out my career in paper, but then I moved on into the uh, global automotive supply chain and worked uh, international for uh, most of my career and joined uh, American Eagle back in 2013. So I was aware of the mill's closure. Uh, It was devastating for the town. Uh, As you can imagine, there were over uh, 400 people employed at at the time when it shut down. And uh, in a small town in in central Pennsylvania where uh, 
it's difficult, and it, there's uh, been too many stories of manufacturers leaving the area. Uh, it was pretty devastating for the community and, and certainly the employees and their families. Okay, so then this transformation that brought the plant and brought the community kind of back to life, how did this, how did this work? How did you manage to reopen? What is the new kind of business model driving it and the, and the larger philosophy that underpins that? Yeah, so, you know, this is prior to my day here, but, uh, you know, there were a local group of community members and, uh, you know, local investors that obviously took it pretty uh, tough when the mill shut down and really banded together to to bring it back online. These gentlemen uh, really went above and beyond to do that and then to continue to support it over the years. Along the way, you know, the uh, paper industry has been in a primarily in a declining market. So you have to figure out a way to be successful when uh, the overall volumes are dropping in the industry. And I think along the way, we really figured out that we had something special here, which was this mill was a really 100% recycled paper operation. And we really operate in the printing and writing segment, which is we're, we're a small player in a big player industry. So a lot of the folks that are, are larger players are really not investing in, in that type of business anymore. And it's it's allowed us to really focus on what recycled paper is, what it's all about, and what do you really have to do to be successful in that marketplace to, to make it happen. And so I guess since I've been here, we've really focused on development of the, the mill brand, uh, expansion of recycled paper usage throughout to the customer base. We've uh, invested a lot in converting technology to be able to take our paper and convert it into uh, copy and printing paper. Primarily, we service the uh, tax-supported market, which are any form of, you know, government, state, city, local education facilities that uh, that get tax subsidization or required to buy recycled paper. So we've uh, done a pretty good job in that market, and we're continuing to uh, focus on taking our story, and that's what people are interested in. It's funny, in the white paper business, you know, you can look at a white sheet versus a white sheet versus a white sheet all day, but what differentiates you is is your story and how you do business. And we have a very unique story that the sustainability folks that are out there, they really appreciate what it is that we do. Well, it seems like American Eagle had the right vision at the right moment and managed to get established in this niche that turned out to be really um, successful. I'm really curious, like, what was the vision at the time? Was it sort of, we're going to be pioneers in this industry and we're going to lead the way in sustainability? Or was it just sort of, we want to bring this town back to life and it, it just worked out that way? What was the impetus originally? Well, I think the original focus was to really get the folks back to work here. And I don't think it was much more than that. And they had some good equipment here and they had the capability of making a, a good uncoated white paper product. And the market at the time back in 2003 was sufficiently strong to support, you know, additional growth and continuance in that area. And as time went on, and, and I think about the year that I joined, there's a secular decline of white paper usage in the United States. It's about 3 to 4% a year. Uh, that's just the market that we're in. And so in 2008, the white paper market was 15 million tons, and now, you know, it's down to uh, 7 million. And we're just a small player. We're down below 1% of the market, but 
in the previous uh, years, the mill didn't really differentiate itself in terms of the products, and we were competing against a lot of the larger facilities with much larger equipment, higher rates of manufacturing, and lower cost. And as the market ceiling continued to decline, it put more pressure on what we were doing here. And I think I came in during that first crisis, which was, you know, okay, the paper prices are going through the floor and we got to figure out what we're going to do. So what we did was tried to, you know, say, hey, you know what, we're really in a, in a very unique part of that market if we take our products and tweak them and, and focus them on the recycled side. That's what we've spent really the last five years doing. And that market is a pretty stable segment in the white paper market. And that's that's what we're going to continue to do and continue to develop new products that fit into that highly recycled market that corporations, government entities, uh, education facilities really take care to, to understand that they need to be sustainable when this is the business that can certainly service them. And we have the story and we walk the walk. We just don't talk the talk. You know, uh, there's a lot of marketing out there, but, you know, when you actually see what we do and what we've been able to accomplish, it's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, speaking of walking the walk, you've gotten all of these accolades, and it isn't just because of what you make, the recycled product, but but the way in which you make it. And the, the most recent recognition I think that you've gotten was for Project Phoenix, I believe it's called, this efficiency upgrade initiative that American Eagle pursued. Can you tell me about Project Phoenix, what its goals were, how it played out, and how it's uh, succeeded thus far? Yeah, you know, it was something that was laid on my desk pretty much the first year that I got here, within the first few months, is that, you know, we had an aging power infrastructure. So paper mills are almost like their own cities. They have power generation. You know, we make our own electricity. We make steam steam for heat, steam for the the process of making paper. We have our own wastewater treatment facilities. We have our own water systems. It's pretty heavy-duty infrastructure when you run into a mill operation. The system that was in here was uh, installed in 1957, and it had been pretty much in continuous operation, except for the two years that the mill was shut down. You know, there were multiple issues around that system so it's almost like the heart of the paper mill and we had to figure out a solution to mitigating the risk on those very large capital uh, items and to replace the existing system as it stood with the modern technology in today's world would probably have been in excess of uh, 50 million dollars and because it's a small privately held company that certainly wasn't a solution As we continued to investigate different alternatives, uh, you know, we were able to peel the the layers back to understand how could we kill multiple birds with one stone here. We spent about a year and a half really uh, looking at every alternative. Certainly, the the priority was we got to keep the mill running and we've got to have steam generation and power to be able to do that. So, We were able to figure that solution out, and then as we started to look at all the different alternatives, we realized that we could really uh, make a massive environmental impact by switching to new technology. We were shutting down a mid-century coal stoker boiler that used about 200 tons of coal a day. 
uh, and, and putting in a natural gas package boiler that was really focused on exactly what steam requirements that we needed. And being able to do that also had a massive impact on the uh, amount of water that we were pulling out of the local watershed in excess of 10 million gallons a day to support the old infrastructure, which was basically a steam turbine generator and a boiler. And, you know, we were able to eliminate pretty much most of that water usage. So you had a big emission savings, emission savings of, uh, you know, greenhouse gases in the magnitude of about a 70% savings on shutting the boiler down. And then we had a massive water reduction that cut the water withdrawal down by uh, almost a 70, 75% number. So it's a big number. And then we had energy savings uh, as a result of being able to shut down a lot of parasitic electricity load to move all that water and, you know, heat requirements and efficiencies of being able to use the steam. It was all tied into that project. We got the mill's major risks mitigated. We were able to have a very large impact on the environmental footprint of the mill and there was there was certainly uh, some cost savings involved for for the operation, which is a another way of looking at sustainability. How do we sustain the operation? That's really the ownership of this mill is all about sustaining the operation. Even when the times get tough, it's always a focus on okay, what do we need to do to make sure we uh, get through and move on to the next point. So all right. it's all good. You mentioned earlier, you sort of alluded to the fact that this is a market that exists at least partially because there are these government, local, state, federal government mandates to use recycled paper. Um, and it seems like your story would seem to vindicate this policy that has paid dividends in all these other ways at the local level. I'm wondering what role you see government policy at whatever level playing in potentially catalyzing this kind of innovation and growth uh, for other sustainability-focused industries in other communities in Pennsylvania and beyond? Yeah, I mean, you know, and and this is obviously stepping back before I I joined the mill. You know, and I I also uh, sit on a a federal board, which is the American Forest and Paper Association, so I'm very connected with legislation with respect to our industry. And I'm also on a local economic development board. And, you know, I can tell you... This mill's success is primarily as a result of the state of Pennsylvania taking action to see a path forward for this mill. You know, back in the day, and um, I'm fairly certain it was uh, Governor Ridge was involved and Governor Rendell, you know, really came to the table to get this thing going. I was able to help with, uh, you know, environmental remediation items. And I can tell you, I see a lot of activities that sometimes go on with governmental assistance. This was one that was the real deal. It worked. It worked because of the people that were involved with it. And I will also say that some of the things that go out the door in these areas don't necessarily have the same type of effect that this particular project had for for the state of Pennsylvania. I believe that the government should really get more involved with sustaining manufacturing jobs to be able to figure out how to use resources, state resources better to assist the development of real good paying jobs. And there has to be better stewardship involved with that so that for every real job development or sustaining project, I see 
four or five real estate development projects that the state gets into. And, and you know, to me, hey, that's great, you know, and, but in most cases there's a real estate there's real estate folks that are making money on that and uh you know what are you really trying to accomplish so you know in in the end of the day this is the real deal i think there's lots and lots of opportunities in pennsylvania for this to happen and i believe that if it's done properly the benefits will certainly uh, achieve for not only the state of pennsylvania but also the employees and the families and the communities the tax base the the subordinating businesses that feed off of companies like ours it's a big win if it's done properly. Well, it, it certainly, you, you see the impact when the government intervenes at a key moment when maybe the market isn't ready to, the market isn't ready for what you're doing, but then it, it kind of takes on a life of its own. But in your case, you know, you also had the private sector involved as well. You had backers that saw the potential for an enterprise like this 15 years ago. Do you think the larger business world in your industry or in others generally you know, has caught up with that vision? Are we at a point where investors and companies see the virtue and the benefit of the potential on their own, or do they still need the same kind of prodding and uh, sort of handholding? No, no, I think it's there for sure, but it's in different levels. So this is a unique scenario. I continue to give credit back to the folks that really took a step forward and took the risk to get this mill back up online. You know, a bunch of local people. There was no private equity money involved. It was literally uh, some names from the local communities around here stepping forward and signing their name just for the better of the good. You know, sometimes in traditional financing methods, that's it's not always done for the better of the whole. I think this one was. Everybody's always trying to make a buck, and, and I get that. But I believe that... There certainly uh, are some significant opportunities out there for private-public partnerships. I I think it's a great idea. Everybody's always trying to uh, figure out, uh, you know, how we can get more and not pay any more taxes. Well, you know, there's a limit on how far you can do that. And at the end of the day, I think that when you start bringing private money in to public opportunities to you know, build infrastructure or to develop uh, business opportunities. I, I think that's where it really it's it's a win-win situation for everybody because small rural communities in Pennsylvania is just full of them. How do you improve the economics there? I mean, you really have to figure out a way to get you know, sustainable paying jobs into those areas. Can't just be service industry related stuff. There's got to be good manufacturing, good legacy things that will continue. Uh, and when you have that, then the entire area changes over time. And um, it's something to keep focused on. Well, and, you know, as you, you mentioned, sustainability is sort of by definition about thinking about the future, planning ahead, seeing two or three steps you know, down the road. What's next for American Eagle? Where, where do you see the future taking your company and your community? You know, I think we are, uh, you know, we've set the strategy here. We probably have uh, about $20 million more of capital projects that we want to get done here in the next three or four years. What that will do for us is to continue to uh, anchor and sustain the mill long term, you know, uh, machine efficiency improvements, things that, uh, you know, you always have to have a plan to cost yourself down because obviously uh, things always inflate over time. So, we have a pretty good plan there. I think our sustainable message has been well received in the market. You know, we're a known operator uh, in in uh, 
for a little paper mill that's less than one percent of the market it does stir up uh, quite a bit of interest so we're you know we're going to keep doing what we're doing keep focusing on developing and retaining good jobs here in Tyrone, Pennsylvania, and building the best uh, team that we can, the best group of workers that we can, trying to, to take care of everybody the best way that uh, it should be done. That's kind of our main, uh, main objectives right now. Mike Grimm, CEO of American Eagle Paper Mills, one of 24 recipients of this year's Governor's Awards for Environmental Excellence. You can learn more about all of the award winners, including American Eagle Paper Mills, and all the work they've done by visiting the PEC website, pecpa.org. You can find the press release under the What's New tab, or you can just follow the link from the show notes on this episode. Mike Grimm, congratulations on the award and uh, all your accomplishments in Tyrone. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. All the best. That's all for this installment of Pennsylvania Legacies. Catch up on our back catalog at peckpa.org slash audio, where you can stream all of our past episodes right in your web browser with a couple clicks of the mouse. It's pretty straightforward. If you're deeper into the podcast scene, you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or via old-fashioned RSS in your podcast app of choice. Wherever you do find the show, please help us out by taking a moment to leave a rating and maybe a review. It makes a big difference. Send your feedback by email to legacies at peckpa.org or get in touch via our Facebook page or our Twitter account at PECPA, both good ways to stay on top of Peck's activities across the Commonwealth. Much more, of course, including photos, videos, blog posts, information resources, and the Peck Policy Bill Tracker, all on the website at becpa.org. Back in two weeks with another episode of Pennsylvania Legacies. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening.